You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. We're proud of what we've done to be number one in education freedom. Ron DeSantis knows the importance of a good education. But with this new bill I've signed, you ain't seen nothing yet. Now Floridians are able to enroll at Ron DeSantis's slave trade trade school. Find out how easy it is to learn from home, just not your home, for a career in exciting fields such as... Uh, you know, being a blacksmith. Slaves did develop skills while they were enslaved and then used those skills as blacksmiths. Uh, as in agriculture, carpentry, uh, tailoring, painting, domestic service, transportation, uh, in the shipping business. They listed everything out, and if you have any questions about it, just ask the Department of Education. Or get your degree. You can major in rewritten history or generational trauma. Call now. You should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it. I wasn't involved in it. (laughs) I didn't do it. It's not my job, man. Yeah, um, I don't usually uh, play a lot of (coughs) Lincoln Project stuff, but that was a good one. And yes, Ron DeSantis (coughs) is on the the agenda today. We'll get to him a little later. Boy, there's a weird sync thing going on. I don't know why, but if you're watching on um, YouTube or, or one of the video streams, I apologize. I don't know why. It's it's the usual um, gremlins in my studio, but uh, you know, don't pay attention to that. And and we're here; everything is working fine. I mean, as far as we know. Uh, anyway, welcome to a Monday. It's a brand new week. I purposely kept this week very sparsely populated in terms of guests because, well, it's gonna be a big week. So, you know, the the big news that we're waiting for is Trump indictment. Is it super loud? Trump indictment number four. Count them, four. The number shall be four, not two, nor shall it be three, but four. Um, anyway, the <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. It's Fonnie Willis, who is the uh, Fulton County 
Georgia district attorney or yeah, DA. Um, and she's been teasing this thing, the imminent indictment for months now. And basically this is the week, right? This is the last week that we uh, have been expecting it. And so this grand jury allegedly meets Tuesdays and Thursdays, but apparently there was action there today. So, um, and then, you know, got to hand it to the people at Reuters. Because Reuters, they put, obviously had somebody monitoring the Fulton County Court website for anything whatsoever that would break on the site. And go figure, um, something did earlier today. Now, this is kind of small, so you can't really see it. But um, this graphic that I'm showing... On the on the video stream, let me see if I can't pull up a copy of it myself here, because it's it's way too small for me. Um, it is what appears to be, you know what? Better than that, I'm gonna I'm gonna open it on the Twitters, which is where I found it. I know it's got a different name now, but it's still Twitter to me. I'm just not calling it X. Sorry, I'm not. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, so where's the, where? okay, so Ryan Goodman of, I want to give uh, a former special counsel, Department of Defense, co-editor-in-chief at Just Security. Okay, so that's, that's what he does now. He's the co-editor-in-chief at Just Security. He tweeted this image and a few others with an explanation that says, Fulton County DA docket entry now deleted of possible charges. Note, last two entries are charges for September 17th, 2021 for false statement and solicitation. On right, uh, two of the things, so the one thing that he put in there was um, a, a, a letter written on Donald Trump's, you know, Save America letterhead. That was a letter dated September 17th, 2021 to Secretary of State Raffensperger from Donald Trump, and it reads, Lar- uh, I should do the voice, right? Large-scale voter, voter fraud continues to be reported in Georgia. Enclosed is a report of 43,000 absentee votes counted in DeKalb County that violated the chain of custody rules, making them invalid. I would respectfully request that your department check this, and if true, along with many other claims of voter fraud and voter irregularities, start the process of decertifying the election or or whatever the correct legal remedy is and announce the true winner. As stated to you previously, the number of false and or irregular votes is far greater than needed to change the Georgia election results. Bullshit. Sorry, that you know, it's the gremlins. They just take over whenever. Um, uh, people do not understand why you and Governor Brian Camp autom- uh, adamantly refuse to acknowledge the new proven facts and fight so hard that the election truth not be told. You and Governor Camp are doing a tremendous disservice to the great state of Georgia and to our nation, which is systematically being destroyed by an illegitimate president and his administration. The truth must be allowed to come out. Thank you for your attention to this matter. Sincerely, Donald J. Trump. Can we say ick? Yeah, ick. So 
Anyway, what was just on the screen was the other part of that tweet. And it showed, all right, it says case information. It has case number, whatever it was. I I need to make this bigger because um, despite the fact that I'm wearing glasses and everything, I still can't see. Why why is it when I increase the size, it it makes it smaller? (laughs) All right, so there appear to be at least 39 charges and this indictment which was pulled down immediately so they they posted it on the Fulton County DA docket on the website of the courthouse there and then it immediately came down but before it came down like i said Reuters reported on seeing it and the the the, the screenshot that i have here shows um Oh, I see. Count one, violation of the Georgia RICO Act. I should, I I feel like I needed Rico Suave here. Just imagine it. Okay. Uh, Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. Serious felony. That's count one. Woohoo. Then number five, solicitation of violation of oath by public officer. Uh, Number nine, felony. Number nine, number nine, number nine, conspiracy to commit impersonating a public officer. Okay, next is 11, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree. Number 13, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings. Number 15, uh, conspiracy to commit Filing false documents. Number 17, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree. Number 19, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings. Number 27, filing false documents. Number 28, solicitation of violation of oath by public officer. Number 29, false statements and writings. Number 38, solicitation of violation of oath by public officer. Number 39, false statements and writings. They are all felonies. I don't know why only 1, 3, 9, 11, 13, 15, 17, 19, 27, 28, 29, 38, and 39 are, were showing up here. But again, they were there and then gone. So now we wait for the official word. I do have in the background, um, okay, uh, ooh, Hold on. There's some some news coming out of Georgia. Let's let me turn this on uh, and take the the audio from MSNBC. Hearing witness number five. They're still hearing that same witness. Ah, grand jury hearing a witness. So that tells me a couple of things. One, whoever this witness number five is, he or she is important. Has a lot to say. There are a lot of questions coming at this person. Yeah. But it also raises the questions of what could the other presumably five witnesses have to say? Who are they? We do know. That there are two people who are still waiting. George Cheedy, of course, you've heard that name a lot. Oh, yeah. He's the independent journalist who was uh, asked to come and testify. He's been kind of live tweeting this of sorts. First, wow. he said that he was coming in early ahead of his time uh, originally assigned tomorrow. And then he said that he's sitting in the hallway. He's sitting right next to Jeff Duncan, the former <laughs> lieutenant governor here in Georgia. And says that he likes the guy. They're talking tweeting. about everything but the grand jury proceedings. Oh my God. But the bottom line is neither of them have testified yet. So oh. we still have two witnesses wow. along with a possible okay. three more. So that just kind of tells us we could be in for a long night here in front of the courthouse. Yeah. Okay. Blaine, you've covered so, Funny Willis. Right. Is there so any- that, that's what's happening. You know what? Maybe I'll just leave that window up with the... Um, 
the the closed captions going so that if we see anything breaking, um, we can get to it. I'm sorry, I look so dark. I, I have a window right behind me, and I think the the way the sun is at five ten in the afternoon, it 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 makes me dark. Okay, so anyway, that's happening. We are on indictment watch. You know, I'm going to take it down because it's distracting, but I'll I'll keep monitoring it here. Okay. Uh, oh, it's down. Oh, yes. You can't take me anywhere on on what I'm showing on the air. It's down. I had it up on a, a different screen. Never mind. Never mind. There is a few other things that I do want to get to, though. I opened with Ron DeSantis for good reason. So poor Deluser DeSantis or DeSantis, you know, had a had a kind of a rough time in uh, Iowa this weekend. Yeah, his his campaign ain't doing so good. And so I want to share with you, uh, I should actually wait a couple of minutes because at the around the bottom of the hour or, or sometime in the second half hour of the show, we're going to hear from a guy named Steve Bousquet, I think is how you pronounce his name. Steve Bousquet is the opinion editor of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. That's the, you know, down here in South Florida, we've got two major newspapers. We've got the Miami Herald and we've got the Sun Sentinel. The Miami Herald really deals with Miami. I mean, for a while there, we were getting the Herald because it used to be a better paper. The Sun Sentinel is the Broward paper. Now, Broward, Broward, where I live, is Fort Lauderdale and environs north of Miami, south of Palm Beach, and um, Broward. Uh, and, and both of these big papers were bought up by vulture capitalists, by hedge funds and such. So, so none of them are doing the old work of, um, of uh, uh, you know, real ger- local journalism anymore. But anyway, Steve Bousquet was with the Miami Herald forever, and now he's with the Sun Sentinel, um, and I bring this up because we're going to talk a bit of Ron DeSantis. So he had a column in yesterday's, um, in yesterday's Sun, in, in the Sunday paper. The headline read, to, quote, make America Florida would be disastrous. And I'm going to share this with you um, because it is the best compilation of of most of the shit that uh, DeSantis has done. Now, if you've listened to this program for any amount of time, uh, you know that I've been warning you about DeSantis for four years now. While the country thought, oh, he must be doing great. He won re-election by such a huge margin. Well, I explained that to you. It's because the Democrats, for the most part, stayed home because they didn't have anyone to vote for. They were not going to vote for Charlie Crist. So it wasn't that DeSantis got so many more votes in 2022. It was 2022, right? Then he got in 2018. No, he didn't. He got maybe a handful more. But it's that so many fewer Democrats came out to vote because they didn't have a candidate to vote for. So, uh, but now the rest of the country is seeing what I told you about this guy. And first of all, he's just, in person, he's just awkward. He's got no personality. He's got um, he's got a really creepy laugh. He's just horrible, right? In so many ways. And so I've tried to 
as time went on, bring to your attention all the things that he had done and was doing. But this column is so good. So let me share some of it with you before Steve Bousquet uh, joins us. Um, he writes, oh, oh, by the way, let me just say, we are still on indictment watch, and that will supersede everything. Um, tomorrow is Tuesday. Gotta laugh, we'll be here. And then Marcy Wheeler will come back on Wednesday. So we'll go through, by then we should have the indictments. <laughs> we should. So knock on wood laminate. Okay, so on to this uh, Sunday opinion piece that Steve Bousquet wrote. It's the full-throated rallying cry for the Ron DeSantis presidential campaign. Make America Florida! What? And he says, what a concept. DeSantis has been so effective at governing the third largest state that as president, he would replicate that success on a grand scale. But there are problems. Number one, it's grammatically awkward. You think? One verb, two nouns. Number two, it sounds like a cheap imitation of Make America Great Again. I think he's on to something there because DeSantis is a cheap imitation of Trump. Look, I'm no Trump fan, but at least he's original, right? Um, Okay, so now, uh, number three, it would be disastrous. So in other words... Copy everything DeSantis has done here to the other 49 states so the whole country could experience the same misery we've been living with here for four and a half years? Okay, and now he gets into the list of what he's done here. Ready? Authoritarianism, bullying, Trump without the charisma, shaming and marginalizing minorities, declaring war on drag... Declaring war on drag queens. Unprecedented secrecy. Contempt for Florida's once vaunted sunshine and other public records laws. Appointing political cronies to run our colleges and universities. Hiring anti-vaxxers to shape public health policy. Banning mask mandates. Suspending elected officials from office who have broken no laws turning a blind eye to political scandals like the ghost candidate schemes that produced actual criminal charges in state Senate races, violating the Constitution, signing laws to suppress the vote, gerrymandering congressional districts for partisan advantage at the expense of black voters, fostering censorship in our schools, rationalizing slavery, Declaring war on Disney because it dared to question him. Staying silent while neo-Nazis proudly wave flags with his name on them in Orlando and Tampa. Choosing judges based on whether or not they belong to the Federalist Society. Uh, uh, Blocking cities and counties from enacting their own green environmental policies with more wind and solar energy. Misusing taxpayers' money to chase down undocumented immigrants in Texas and flying them to Martha's Vineyard. Sending Florida Department of Law Enforcement agents on politically motivated immigration missions. Tarnishing Florida Department of Law Enforcement's prestigious reputation in the process. Opposing an increase in Florida's minimum wage that voters approved. Signing a law to permanently weaken or abolish public employee unions. 
make America Florida. People here know what that means. It means stifling dissent, encouraging more people to carry concealed weapons, eviscerating a woman's right to an abortion, creating his own police force, having armed police officers round up suspected illegal voters at gunpoint, criminalizing health care for transgender children and adults, and attacking local government home rule. Sure, he writes, let's make America Florida, a state that ranks at or near the bottom in housing affordability, teacher salaries, access to health care, and unemployment benefits. A state where millions of people are weighed down with some of the highest car insurance and homeowner insurance rates in the country. That's if you can find homeowner's insurance. And where expanding Medicaid is out of the question. Is that the kind of America everybody wants? This list of DeSantis's misdeeds only begins to scratch the surface. But, writes Steve Busquay, there are success stories that he has not emphasized enough that in a different time might resonate with Republican voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, and elsewhere. The problem is, it's not the divisive culture war stuff the MAGA base wants to hear. Under DeSantis, unemployment remains low, the state is fiscally sound, and he has lowered taxes, albeit more for billionaires than for the middle class. He got the bridge to Sanibel Island rebuilt quickly after Hurricane Ian last year. That rebuilt bridge might have been a nifty metaphor for a DeSantis candidacy. But building bridges just doesn't have the in-your-face combativeness of never back down. Yeah, that's one of his battle cries. Uh, To have a sitting governor run for president, especially one who implausibly won his second term by 19 points, ought to be a source of pride, even if you don't agree with him. When Jeb Bush ran for president in 2016, people across Florida went to Iowa and New Hampshire to campaign for him. It didn't do any good, but the point is they were proud to be seen with him. Who's flooding up there now? to campaign with the distinctly unappealing DeSantis? Nobody. Nobody. As we watch the slow-motion self-destruction of the DeSantis presidential campaign, we can take solace in the fact that he'll likely never have the opportunity to make America Florida. His widely anticipated flop as a candidate for the White House will be a repudiation of the way Florida has been run since 2019. That may be good news for the rest of the country, but not for Floridians. For when he finally folds his tent, he'll be back and I'll be gone. So this, (laughs) again, this was the, um, an editorial uh, in, not not the main editorial yesterday. The main editorial has to do with um, Voices of Reason at FAU, which is another DeSantis travesty, the way he uh, is appointing new presidents of our public universities. Yes, David? Basquet. Well, I asked him, actually, in an email, and, and, and uh, so, but I haven't heard back from him yet on, on the pronunciation of his name. So we'll find out when he gets. He'll be here shortly. Um, Steve Basquet or Basquet or what, what? We'll find out. We, we will find out. But um, 
So this is what we've been dealing with here. This guy is, he's just abysmal. And what's so funny is so... You know, he's out in Iowa this weekend, and apparently he and Trump were crisscrossing the Iowa State Fair at the same time. Interestingly enough, I did not see a picture of either one of them deep-throating a corn dog. So we got that going for us, because, you know, <laughs> that seems to happen every time <laughs> at every uh, at every single, um, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, at every single uh, uh, Iowa State Fair presidential wannabe brigade. But, you know, I'll go back to this just because we can, because I shared this with you on Friday, but this was so good. So apparently this woman, whoops, uh, I got to mute the YouTube TV, which was where uh, this is playing. So close that. Okay, so... Um, you saw this on Friday. I got to share it again. This is the uh, Pudding Fingers woman. So, <laughs> my favorite video of the week. Pudding Fingers. Well, back to Florida. Pudding Fingers. Pudding Fingers. Pudding Fingers. Florida. Pudding Fingers. And then you see, you see old Ron and Casey. Going out to meet the massive throng of fives of voters. <laughs> Seriously, we saw we saw photographs of Trump with a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of people gathered around, and in this case, you know, there was somewhere between five and ten people. Now here, this woman, the woman with the with the bullhorn, the megaphone, and the beat. Go back to Florida, pudding fingers, pudding fingers, pudding fingers. Go back to Florida. So, so this guy who's obviously he works for the DeSantis campaign comes over to her and tries to swat the bullhorn out of the way, and so she 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 modified her song for him. Get the fuck away from me! Get the fuck away from me! Go back to Florida. Pudding fingers. Um, I love the creativity of people. Well, apparently, she, you know, later on, you might have seen the video if you watched the news over the weekend. Um, <laughs> I didn't. But if you watched the news over the weekend, you you might have seen video of her. So there was a sit-down. I guess the governor, Kim Reynolds, does a sit-down, little sort of give-and-take interview with all the candidates. And... This woman was doing it again, and she said something about, come on, we're Iowa nice. Well, they arrested her, and I guess she sang her song there, too. But it's so good. Pudding fingers, pudding fingers. I don't know if you remember, during the pandemic, there was a guy whose videos I used to play. He's called The Kiffness. Now, he's in South Africa, so he may not even know about Ron DeSantis. But what The Kiffness does is he goes out on the street, and he records like street vendors at, at making, you know, doing their hawking of their wares. And, um, you know, he's got a cat and the cat meowing and mixes them together with the beat. I got to send him this and see if he'll do a pudding fingers, pudding fingers, go back to Florida, put give me joy these days. Now, one thing, and I, I've told you this before, I pretty much do kind of um, stay away from the news 
uh, on the weekend as much as I possibly can. I mean, I watch enough so I know what's going on. I read enough so I know what's going on. But I try to escape on the weekends so I get a rest because, you know, all this stuff makes me crazy. But one show that I make sure to watch as I'm going to bed on Sunday nights is Mehdi Hassan. Mehdi Hassan should have a full-time show on MSNBC. Anybody listening to me? Hey, MSNBC, maybe, you know, let Andrea Mitchell get some sleep. You've seen the video of her falling asleep, right? Let me just play this for you because it's really kind of sad. Um, you know, nothing really against Andrea Mitchell. Now, this this one you need to be seeing. So if, you, if you're not watching... Um, uh, the, a video feed, you're listening to the audio, I will narrate for you what's going on. But this is from a week or so ago. I think Andrea Mitchell was at some event and the, 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 the news person was on and interviewing her. And and poor Andrea Mitchell. Robert, I can't take your call right now. I'm going to hang up. Sorry. Um, um, <laughs> Andrea Mitchell, um, well, she, she was tired, apparently. So Chris Jansen is talking to her, and she's nodding off. Look at her. She can't stay awake. Her head's going to drop on the desk. She's sleeping. Aw. So uh, my, my proposal is let Andrea Mitchell get some sleep. All right. And maybe give give Mehdi Hassan a show. You know, they can they can move things around. But Mehdi should have a show. So this was at the very end of his show last night. And I just I just got to play this for you because we heard the news on Friday that um, uh, met, that uh, uh, Merrick Garland appointed a special prosecutor for Hunter Biden. And it was what, I mean, it's what what they'd been asking for. The Republicans have been asking for this all along. In fact, the guy who was the, uh, um, what's his name, Weiss, the, the guy, the, the, the prosecutor for Hunter Biden was appointed by Donald Trump. And they had been saying, well, why don't they just make that guy Weiss a, uh, a special prosecutor? Well, they did. Merrick Garland did. And so what happens? The right-wingers go crazy. So Mehdi explained it for us. Friday, A.G. Merrick Garland agreed to a request from David Weiss, the Trump-appointed prosecutor who's been looking into Hunter Biden's alleged crimes to make Weiss a special counsel. Now, Eamon, you would think the Republicans would be delighted as it's something they have been calling for for a while. But they're not. Have a watch. But they're not. Have a watch. Well, this appointment is camouflage and it's cover up. I, I, I think it's disgraceful. That's Listen, Ted David Cruz. Weiss was the U.S. attorney handpicked By Trump. to lead this investigation. By who Trump. spent the last five years covering it up. He is a wildly inappropriate person to be a special <laughs> counsel. Obviously, uh, U.S. Attorney Weiss has no intention of holding Hunter Biden or any of his family members, including President what? Biden, this is Ron Johnson. Who has lied mm. repeatedly to the American public. That is a fact. We know it. He has no intention what? of holding them accountable. We needed an independent, okay. not uh, a Trump appointee, in some way, shape, or form. Oh, He's boy. probably the least independent individual oh, come on. that Merrick Garland could have appointed. 
Come on, man. Here's what's so outrageous, though, Eamon. Last September, a group of Republican senators wrote an open letter to the Attorney uh -oh. General demanding David Weiss be extended special counsel <laughs> protections and authorities to conduct the Hunter Biden investigation. Yeah, the date on that was Make September Weiss 19th, counsel, 2022. Among those signatories, Make Weiss the special counsel. Ted, Wait for it. Ted Senator Cruz. Ted Cruz. I'm shocked. And a certain, that's his signature. Ron Johnson. Senator Ron Johnson. Go figure. That's his signature. Now they're saying, well, Garland did exactly what we wanted, and now we're mad at Garland for doing exactly what we wanted. Their bad faith, their hypocrisy is truly a sight to behold. And also a reminder that you can't appease Republicans, and maybe Merrick Garland should just stop trying. And just to be clear, this, uh, Mehdi, uh, was never about accountability. It was never Listen about to to corruption. This it was is never so about true improper here. behavior by the president or his family. If it were, uh, these Republicans would have perhaps started by investigating, I don't know, how the Trump kids hey. make tens of millions of dollars, secure yeah. trademarks from China, and then billions from a Persian Gulf in an investment fund. I mean, we know it's <laughs> right? not about any of that. We know it's about politics and trying to sully the president. Anyway, so Eamon uh, uh, Moedine makes a really good point there as well. Uh, how about those Trump spawn? They, you know, they're all about Hunter Biden. Okay, but Hunter Biden never worked in the White House or on Joe's campaigns or had anything to do with policy. Yet nothing's happening. There's a, So how about an investigation into them? How about it? Um, well, at least... Jamie Raskin's thinking about it. So Jamie Raskin was on uh, this week, yesterday. Of course, George was on vacation, but that's okay because Jamie Raskin was there and listened to this. And this is why we're glad Jamie Raskin's staying in the house. This, well, you know, look, whether or not it's criminal, whether or not it warrants special counsel status, are you concerned by the, about this stuff? I mean, here's what I'm concerned about. Um, during the Trump administration, we saw the development of a completely new public philosophy, which is that government is not an instrument of the common good and the public interest. Government is an instrument for private self-enrichment, for the guy who gets in, for his family, for his private businesses. And that's a model that we're seeing all over the world. But now you don't approve of that model, a, obviously. Yeah, I do not. denounce that model. That's what Putin is doing. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's what Orban is doing. That's what Marcos is doing. Yeah. That's what El Sisi is doing. That's what I mean, President that's what Trump does. Of mankind. Um, well, but it's new for America that somebody would get in and basically just say, uh, you know, the, everything is corrupt and I'm just as corrupt as the next guy and I'm going to take money as Trump did from China, from yep. Saudi Arabia, from the United Arab Emirates. I mean, look, uh, you know, his uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner, uh, pocketed a cool $2 billion $2 billion from Saudi Arabia. And he created the Saudi portfolio yeah. in the White House. But what about Hunter? So, but, so <laughs> I am concerned about it. And <laughs> I'm concerned not just about public officials like Donald Trump and Jared Kushner do it, but even family members who water ski along for the ride. And I have been you know, begging my colleague, Chairman Comer, for us to do a serious analysis of what the law should be about money making. And you would take part in a serious people. investigation. Yes, of course we would. And, and we're going to release a report about all of the foreign government emoluments, yeah. millions of dollars. We can document that Donald Trump pocketed at the hotels, Good. at the golf courses, through Please. business deals when he was pre president. They haven't been able to show any criminal corruption nope. on his part. What they've got is Hunter Biden. And we all seem clear 
that this guy was addicted to drugs and did a lot of really unlawful and wrong things. And we have said, let the justice system run its course. They're not saying that about Donald Trump. Anytime Donald Trump actually gets indicted after a grand jury has already determined that there's probably they attacked the prosecutors. Okay, so a couple of things. So I'm watching the chat room as that clip was playing. Um, William asks, who is the fascist stooge doing the interview for ABC? That would be Jonathan Carl. And fascist stooge is a good uh, explainer of him. Carolyn says, Jamie's hair is growing back, so has the hat become his look? I love Jamie Raskin. I think he's amazing. He, he may be my favorite member of of uh, the House of Representatives right now. But Jamie Raskin always had horrible hair. Not his fault. Look, I have Florida hair. So, you know, in California, my hair is nice and straight and silky. And in Florida, it's a frizzy mess. Jamie Raskin has the worst hair in Congress. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, and I'm being nice. But... Um, you know, what they say is when you lose your hair, it comes back like it, if you have straight hair, it'll come back curly or I don't know what's going on. We can see his hair is growing back. No matter what it looks like under that bandana, it's got to be better than it was before. <laughs> but it's OK. You know what? I hope he milks it. I hope he wears that little Steven bandana until he's forced to take it off. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? It's, it's his thing now. Um, I have a feeling someone's going to say, hey, Jamie, enough with the bandana or you got to lose it. But um, anyway, one more thing about Hunter Biden. You know, if you want to compare apples to apples, um, you know, we know all about Hunter Biden. And and, you know, I think Democrats are just. Look, Democrats are as flawed as anybody else. But I think for the most part, they're nicer than today's Republicans. And I'm only talking about today right now. So they're going they're going nuts on um, Hunter Biden. Look, a guy with problems. I don't know what the timeline was, but his brother died. The brother who was the golden child, you know, Bo, he was he was the good he was the good son. Right. And and then he died. He had a brain tumor which is something else to talk about another time. But but so he died, had brain cancer, and Hunter Biden lost it. He, you know, he became addicted to crack. He became a crackhead, and he was fucking around with hookers and money and stuff. One, one connection that has not been made is his father always loved him, and I give Joe Biden credit for that because he stood by his son, who was had a sickness, an illness. That's the problem, yes? His mom died in a car accident. And his mom died in a car accident when he was a little kid. In fact, he was in the car. His sister. His sister died. He was in his car. So uh, anyway, the, so he went through trauma in his life. Now, on the other hand, the Trump spawn, these kids were born with silver shovels in their mouths. These kids never had to work a day for anything. They didn't know tragedy except the tragedy of, you know, having Donald Trump as your father. But the, 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 oh, I don't even know what the word is. The hubris of this guy, the chutzpah, as, as his family would pronounce it. Listen to this shit. This is at a turning point action thing. Oy. Uh, Don Jr., I'm warning you. 
Just listen to this crap. I get it. My guys, who I stayed in touch with, many of them just dear friends. They're like, hey, dude, there's no way you would have gotten away with that. I go, I know. Luckily, I don't snort all cocaine. Like, it's not my thing. <laughs> Bullshit. But when I'm... Uh, can we hear that again? Uh, Don, what, what was that? I get it. My guys, who I stayed in touch with, many of them just dear friends. They're like... Hey, dude, there's no way you would have gotten away with that. I go, I know. Luckily, I don't snort all cocaine. Like, it's not my Bullshit. thing. Um, he got away with it. He's getting away with it. His sister got away with it. His brother-in-law got away with it. These people are the biggest grifters in this nation's history. And they're getting away with it. Good thing I don't snort. Did you hear how he stumbled over the word, too? Because, yes, he does. Or some, maybe Adderall. He snorts his dad's Adderall, perhaps. You would have gotten away with that. I go, I know. Luckily, I don't snort all cocaine. Like, uh, it's not my cocaine. thing. Cocaine. Uh, it's not my thing. Uh, you know, it, it came up. I just so happened to have this clip still here because it was it was um, just a month ago that old daddy was was um, was arrested. The first one, the, the indictment, the, I think it was the first indictment. I don't know. There are so many of them. I get confused. They all run together. But... Tell me, look at this if you're watching a video. If not, if you're listening, just listen to it. it you'll, you can hear it in his voice. You tell me this spawn is not on drugs. We are witnessing the end of the republic if this is allowed to go through. Uh, this is the stuff that we've seen come out of what? the communist and socialist regimes and <laughs> dictatorships around the world. What? These are the kinds of things that if they were going on in other countries... Uh, America would be talking about doing an invasion and getting into another war to prevent it from happening. And yet it's happening right here in our backyard, Steve. (laughs) I don't even know what he was talking about. And it doesn't matter. The, 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 The way, look, as someone who has done cocaine in the past, look, I, I'm, I'm no angel. I've done coke. Uh, your 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 you know your gums you're, they go all numb and that's why he talks like this because he's has has got the numbing of the gumming. Yeah, Spook two thirty three in the chat room said got himself a bump before going on stage. Yeah, he did because that that is uh, Donnie Junior. By the way, if you talk to anybody who's um, who knew them before. Donald became president. Don Jr. and and you know the former guy did not have a good relationship. Don Jr. just got in on the grift, got in on the scam. And I guess I guess is sharing the, the drugs with him. I I, I, I don't know. I, I I I don't I I we live in such opposite world, I honestly do not know. Um, I, 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 I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. So um, let's, let's check in with, uh, okay, they're waiting. Here, let me just check in with MSNBC. We've got their, uh, uh, what's this guy's name? Von Hilliard. It's a big on night in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, that's oh, what it was. Like in Atlanta, Beyonce no is playing at the stadium day. tonight. Right, let okay. me ask you a question about the judge. Okay, a judge is in, in Atlanta. Oh, by the way, cameras will be allowed in the courtroom in Georgia. It's a state trial, and the judge there today said if there are indictments, they will be televised. Or the hearing will be televised. 
The sense is that it had been suggested to him that they had no intention of leaving promptly. But because before 5 p.m. struck, that is when he had suggested that, uh, you know, folks should maybe go and think about dinner. So therefore, he had a, at an inclination a reason to believe that uh, this would go on for hours oh. uh, or else he, we, from everything that is known about Judge McBurney, he is quite straightforward and direct and usually doesn't lead people astray here. Uh, and so clearly uh, a directive had been given to him that they intended to uh, at least see this process through quite a bit. Again, I think it's important to remind folks that two of the witnesses we mentioned, Cheedy and Jeb Duncan, the former lieutenant governor, yeah. they initially told to come tomorrow, but right. they were called last minute here this afternoon and said, please come down uh -oh. here to the heart of Atlanta to the courthouse. And so they're in there. To the best of our knowledge, they're still waiting to go testify. Of course, we'll keep you posted as soon as we know more. Okay. So, and just um, just one, to get make sure I have the math right, yeah. um, Blaine, our, our colleague Blaine Alexander reported at the top of this hour that witness five is still in there, and we know Cheedy and Duncan. That gets us to seven. Is it your understanding that there are three more in addition uh -oh. that the grand jury would hear we from? We may not get this today. Done? It may be tomorrow. That's our understanding, and to be truthful with you, Nicole, we don't have the reporting as to exactly who those three individuals are. This goes back to the heart that the grand jury proceedings are secret. District Attorney Fonnie Willis uh, has talked publicly here and there, uh, but she has been very secretive about uh, the plans for her presentation here to the grand jury. That is what is taking place now. It's yeah. important to know the indictment or the charges that she intends to be filed. They have already been uh, mapped out. Yes, planned. we've seen them on paper here. Yes. And now this is part of the, the testifying of these witnesses who have already testified to the special grand jury last year. They are now coming back as sort of the closing act uh, to really help her make her last case uh, to these new jurors who are part of this grand jury uh, that this case uh, is worth bringing against potentially Donald Trump and those more than potentially a dozen allies. Okay, so that's the status. That's where they are now. I keep glancing over here to see if our guest has arrived yet. I don't see him yet. Hopefully he shows up, but if not, I already read to his columns. But I would like to talk to him. In the meantime, here's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break. I'll take care of some business. Uh, if you want to help support the show, there are many ways to do that. One is, of course, you can um, you can make a donation. This show mostly, um, you know, survives based on your support of it. Um, if you can't, maybe you want to uh, patronize some of our sponsors. We don't have many of them, but they're all pretty good. So, um, yeah. So, uh, if you have a dog, you know, um, my Jackson is loving 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 the nom nom you've probably heard me talk about my dog jackson he's my baby boy and as he's gotten older he's gotten really finicky about eating he used to get so excited about food he'd literally spin well not anymore in fact i often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com. T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash sent by Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash sent by Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order plus free shipping. And it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash sent by Nicole. Plus Nom Nom comes with a money back guarantee. 
If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Hey, it's Nicole Sandler. I suffer from depression. It's been an ongoing battle with me since adolescence. So when I was presented with the idea of BetterHelp coming aboard as the sponsor of the show, I was thrilled. I've always been open about my struggles with depression because I know that so many others are suffering in silence. Well, there's no need to be silent. There's nothing wrong with getting help. And now that help is more readily available. BetterHelp makes the process of getting help easy. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Do yourself a favor and visit BetterHelp.com slash Nicole Sandler. You'll fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Nicole Sandler today. That way they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nicole Sandler. All right. And, uh, and you know, I may as well do the trifecta. Um, I'm still enjoying my blend yet two smoothies. Uh, every day, I, I make this coffee drink in the middle of the afternoon, which helps because I... I Believe me, I'd just as easily go in and take a nap as I do come in here to do a show. But um, yeah, so uh, uh, if you if you uh, blend yet too, makes so, oh thank you guys. Um, some of you are, are taking advantage of the super chat feature in YouTube, where which lets you make a donation. We have a, another way to do a monthly donation on the website. Just go to click on the donate button at nicole However, you can help. I appreciate it because, again, um, this is what keeps me going here. Um, I don't know where our guest is. I just shot him a note. Uh, we'll see if he shows up. Great. If not, you know, life goes on. There is one more story that I want to tell you about, but now I, I thought I had it up on my phone, um, and now I can't find it, but it's good news. There is a good news story. Let me share this with you. And I don't know if Sandy, if Environmental Coffee House is in the chat room right now or not, but this is a story she'll be interested in too. This is awesome. The headline in the Washington Post reads, Judge Rules in Favor of Montana Youths Youths in Landmark Climate Decision. Let me just read it to you. And the first ruling of its kind nationwide, a Montana state court decided today in favor of a group of young people who alleged that the state violated their right to a, quote, clean and healthful environment by promoting the use of fossil fuels. Yes, William in the chat room says, good news, isn't that an oxymoron? Yes. So, um, yes. Uh, It continues, the court determined that a provision in the Montana Environmental Policy Act has harmed the state's environment and the young plaintiffs by preventing Montana from considering the climate impacts of energy projects. The court said the provision is accordingly unconstitutional. That that deserves a ding, a double ding. Um. The win, experts say, could energize the environmental movement and reshape climate litigation across the country, ushering in a wave of cases aimed at advancing action on climate change. It's about time. I guess it only takes Maui burning down. It only takes the hottest month ever on record with each day outpacing the day before for something like this. Um, 
Uh, let's see. The win. Oh, I said that. People around the world are watching this case, said Michael Gerard, the, the founder of Columbia's Sabin Center for Climate Change Law. The ruling represents a rare victory for climate activists who have tried to use the courts to push back against government policies and industrial activities they say are harming the planet. In this case, it involved 16 young Montanans ranging in age from 5 to 22. I love young people from 5 to 22 who brought the nation's first constitutional and first youth-led climate lawsuit to go to trial. They've got pictures of uh, a couple of these young kids. One, um, Sariel Sandoval, a member of the Bitterroot Salish Upper Pend Durrell. She's Native American, obviously. And Denae Tribes poses for a portrait in Berkeley, California. Sandoval is one of 16 youth plaintiffs suing the state of Montana over its contributions to climate change. Then they have a picture of a 15-year-old boy, Badge Bousset. Um, uh, who lives in Montana. Um, then the article continues, says, though the cumul- cumulative number of climate cases around the world has more than doubled in the last five years, youth-led lawsuits in the U.S. have faced an uphill battle. Already, at least 14 of these cases have been dismissed. This according to a July report from the United Nations Environment Program and the Sabin Center. The report said about three quarters of the approximately 2,200 ongoing or concluded cases were filed before the courts in the U.S. Experts said the Montana youth had an advantage in the state's constitution, which guarantees a right to a clean and healthful environment. Oh, that's interesting. So Montana, you know, the, the state that, that um, Frank Zappa some believe, retired to, to become a dental floss tycoon. It's a better story than knowing that he died of pancreatic cancer. I'm just sorry. But he did sing, I think I'm going to Montana soon. It's worth another listen just to salute Montana. And it's the only good thing I know about Montana. Just saying. Um, Experts uh, said coal is critical to the state's economy and Montana is home to the largest recoverable coal reserves in the country. The plaintiff's attorneys say the state has never denied a permit for a fossil fuel project. Ooh. And then it goes on. Across five days of emotional testimony in June, the youths made claims about injuries they've suffered as a result of climate change. A 15-year-old with asthma described himself as a, quote, prisoner in my own home when isolating with COVID during a period of intense wildfire smoke. Ricky Held, the 22-year-old plaintiff for whom the lawsuit is named, detailed how extreme weather has hurt her family's ranch. Held testified that a favorable judgment would make her more hopeful for the future. She said, quote, I know that climate change is a global issue, but Montana has to take responsibility for our part in that. Now, attorneys for the state countered that Montana's contribution to global greenhouse gas emissions is small. If the law in question were altered or overturned, Montana Assistant Attorney General Michael Russell said there would be no meaningful impact or appreciable effect on the climate. So you you get what they're saying here. It's what a lot of people say. Well, I can't do anything. It's not. I'm not. You know, it's just my little thing. I'm not. Well, if everyone says, nah, 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 then nothing gets done. 
The state began and rested its defense on the same day, because you see how important they figured this suit was, bringing the trial to an unexpectedly early close on June 20th. In a pivot from its expected defense disputing the climate science behind the plaintiff's case, the state focused instead on arguing that the legislature should weigh in on the contested law, not the judiciary. Russell detailed the case in his closing statement as a week-long airing of political grievances that properly belong in the legislature, not a court of law. All right, so uh, this this was the... Um, uh, the the back and forth. Now the 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 firm that represented the kids, the plaintiffs, is a nonprofit law firm called Our Children's Trust. I love that there are groups like this out there. There need to be more of them. So the Children's Trust has taken legal action on behalf of youths in all fifty states, and has cases pending in four other states. Um, Here's one they did in 2015. It was a case called Juliana versus United States. It drew international attention. It's also back on path to trial after facing repeated setbacks. This case took aim at the federal government, alleging that it had violated the 21 youth's rights to life, liberty, and property, as well as failed to protect public trust resources and taking actions that contribute to climate change. See, this is how... This is why I'm always screaming that we need to give these young people more power because they're the ones who are stepping up and saying, look, this is our future on the line here. These are our lives. We had, you know, we had generations. The boomers were the boomers. And you know what? It was before me because I'm at the very tail end of the boomers. But they were the ones protesting the Vietnam War, which, by the way, those protests have been sort of whitewashed out of the history books. I spoke with a veteran a couple of months back, and he explained that most young people, and when I say young people, I'm not talking about millennials. Millennials are already older, right? The millennials came after the the, uh, boomers, right? So millennials, they're old farts now too. So there was the millennials, then there was Gen X, and now there's Gen Z, if I have it right. It's so funny. I'm seeing, I saw a meme the other day. Uh, and it was about, it was saying something about the millennials. Um, no, millennials are, you know, they're, they're more like in with the boomers now. Maybe Gen X, but certainly Gen Z. Those are the ones who are <clears throat> stepping up and taking control. The millennials are the ones who, you know, were dubbed the lazy generation because they just sat around and didn't do much. I'm not saying that. So save your hate mail for somebody else. But that's what they're saying. So when you put these are the Gen Zers. These are the young kids. And they're taking action like, yes, Lauren in the chat room says, I was 14 when I attended the 11-14-1969 March on Washington against the war. Yes, Gen X came after, I, I got you, Spock, or Spook, Spook 233. Spook says, Gen X came after the boomers. Nobody remembers. Oh, Gen, it was Gen X, then millennials, then, but there was something in between uh, millennials and Gen Z. Uh, see, I get confused uh, because, uh, you know, but because uh, a lot of years have gone by because we're getting old. Yes, they called us slackers, he said. So I guess Gen X 
came after the boom? I don't know. But anyway, the, the story ends. Um, uh, plaintiff's attorney, Phil Gregory, said the court's verdict could empower youth everywhere to take court to take to the courts to secure their futures. Do it. This is this is great. Uh, he said there are political decisions being made without regard to the best scientific evidence and the effects they will have on our youngest generations. He said this is a monumental decision. And yes, it is. It truly is. I, I like being able to end with good news. I don't know what happened to our guest, Steve Busquet. Um, maybe he didn't like the way I pronounced his name. But at least I, I read his piece. So you got to hear what I was so excited about. Um, I'll post it. I'll post it on the blog today. I'll, I'll you know, the Sun Sentinel is always behind a paywall. But I will post this so you can um, um, read it. Even though I read it for you, you could just play it again. You know how that works. All right. Well, indictments are coming. Uh, nothing new. So tomorrow, tomorrow is uh, Got a Laugh Day on the show. She'll be here for this Tuesday. Remember, it was just two weeks ago that we had indictment watch, and it happened during the show pretty much. So we may have that again. And then we'll get the indictments. We'll get to read them. And on Wednesday, Marcy Wheeler will be here so we can unpack them unpack all the indictments and get into the specifics. And by then we should know who the, um, uh, who the uh, um, other co-defendants are. Because remember, remember the, the grand juror who, who came out and spoke to the press and said, oh, there's going to be a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, well, we expect a lot of them. So we'll see. Okay, uh, Spook says Gen X, Millennial, Zoomers, which is Gen Z, and then something Alpha. Are we past Gen Z already and there's something Alpha? Whatever it is. Steve, first time here. Welcome. Come back. So we got a few newcomers. Here's your assignment for today. Spread the word. Bring some friends tomorrow. We're good people around here. All right. With that, we're done. Um, again, tomorrow, got to laugh. Wednesday, uh, Marcy, Empty Wheel, Wheeler. Thursday, Howie Klein. And Friday, we may need a break. Um, So just know I interviewed Katie Tunstall just a few days ago. And maybe I will share that with you on Friday. We'll see. We'll see. Ah, and Spocko posted uh, the Lisa Graves. Lisa Graves was here on Friday talking about the last indictments. He posted that on Digby's blog. Oh, maybe we'll get Digby back. Well, you know, Digby's always coming back. All right. With that, we're done. Gotta go. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for all you super chatters who chipped in. Um, thanks for to everybody who's helped support the show. I don't say it enough, but I so appreciate it. And in my spare time, which I don't have any of, I'm going to try to do something nice for everybody who's a subscriber. So um, I'm going to try. I, 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 yeah. More on that tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye out on the indictment watch for you, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Bye.